Hey, Brandon, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing really good, man. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to be on the show here. Well, I was. Thank you for taking the time. It's good to be here. Where are you calling from today? Uh, somewhere on the interstate from my bus. Uh, <laughs> what was the last city you remember being in then? The last city was, we, uh, we actually played Bonnaroo last night. So, uh, it's outside of Nashville. So, we, uh, it's not a bad trip. We're on our way to Memphis today. I knew you played Bonnaroo. I was just kind of leading into it there. No big deal on that one, eh? Yeah, no big deal. Uh, it's uh, you know, it, it's fun because I actually grew up like thirty minutes from where Bonnaroo's at, and uh, and so that's always been like a a landmark festival. I've camped out of that festival, so to play it was really cool. As a guy that always dreamed of being in the country music scene, doing exactly what you're doing right now, and you and you had these thoughts in your head as since you were a young kid, is it is it the same as how you pictured it, living the dream right now? Um. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think aspects of it, it's hard to, aspects of it are, are even more than you dreamed. I mean, you you know, you dream of being on stage, you dream of people singing along to your songs, but really there's there's no, you can't even dream of the feeling when you actually, and I think a lot of it is, you know, putting all the work into it you put in when it finally, you know, comes to fruition. To be on that stage playing your songs and people are singing with you is uh, unlike any other feeling you could even dream of. And uh, also, though, there's a part of it that, you don't realize goes along with it, which is long bus rides and lots of lots of work that goes into uh, making it all happen. So it's kind of two sides of the coin, but it's a uh, it's uh, everything you dreamed and more. It's pretty crazy. I'm just glad that you're enjoying it. Do you do you take time to actually like pinch yourself and think about the things you're experiencing? I uh, yeah, I think I think you do. I mean, I think that one thing that makes it easier for us, too, is, you know, being in a band, you know, we started this about five years ago, and, you know, we started literally in a, in a living room, bringing our guitar amps in and just jamming out and, and hanging out and, and sitting on the porch, drinking beers and talking about this dream we had, and so, uh, you know, I think that it's, it, that kind of makes it easier. If times ever do get hard, you kind of forget to be thankful you've got, a, you know, you've got other guys in the band to remind you that, man, remember we were all working jobs, and We'd all meet up after work and stay up way too late. We have to wake up, go to work the next morning, and, and now we're this is our job, this is our work. So uh, I, I think that because of that, it definitely makes it easier to to realize how incredible everything that's going on is. What you're saying really echoes what I saw on Twitter uh, back in May. You guys had posted after a show in San Diego, and you said. Last time you played the venue, you were one of three openers, and then this past May, you sold out that San Diego venue, man. You must be on like a, a rocket ride, or it must feel like a rocket ride to the top. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, that venue, we hadn't been to that venue since we were the first of three, and, and the first time we played it, I mean, we couldn't even fit all our gear on the stage. Trip had to, like, our drummer had to set his drums up on, like, the side of the stage, and got to play for like 20 minutes and, and we were thankful for that, but to walk back into that venue and, well, you know, we were doing sound check to walk into that, that same room and be like, man, there's going to be a full out crowd here tonight, but they're here for us this time. And you know, last time you're saying your band name in between every song and asking people to come out of the merch table and just meet you and buy a shirt. And now, you know, they're all, they're standing in line outside around the corner to, to get in to sing along with you. And it's a, uh, it's it's really surreal, you know. It's a lot of these venues. It's the first time we're going back to them since being an opener years ago, and so it's a uh, it's absolutely crazy. It's just surreal. Years ago, you were dreaming of this, and nowadays you're uh, whooping Kane Brown at basketball. I hear. 
depends on who you ask. You ask us, yes. <laughs> okay, give me the story on that. Is it is it one of those Twitter things where you're just being braggadocious, or did you guys actually beat Kane Brown in basketball? Okay, here's the thing. We it's pretty back and forth. Kane is good at basketball, and uh, and Trip and I, but we play basketball a lot, so it's a it's a pretty healthy competition. It's gone. It went. The whole thing started because we played one day, and it was we won a few games, he won a few games, but they posted a video clip. What they should do is be the guy. That's what you know. That's his job. And it was an awesome video clip, but it's just a cane, like school and trip. And we were like, okay, we're gonna make our own video clip to show the other side of the storm. Oh, now uh, I get it. Now I get what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty even. We've won some games. He's won some games. He's good at basketball, but uh, we uh, we can hold our own against him. It's it's always it's always a, a fair match if we play basketball. Any fan of Lanko or Kane Brown is just like going nuts at the idea right now of you guys playing basketball together. What's another experience that you've had since you guys blew up big that you would have never thought would have happened that fans would think was cool? Um, you know, I think just like a lot of the interactions that like I, you know, even for me, like I think that a lot of times people forget, they don't realize that, you know, you're also a fan. Like, I mean, I'm a country music fan. I, you know, I, I was a fan of Dirk Bentley in high school. I had a CD in my car and I was driving around with my girlfriend in high school listening to it. And, and you know, we're on this Dirk Bentley tour right now. And uh, and being out with him and just being friends with him and just, I mean, he'll just, you know, he'll text me and, and he plays hockey and we're trying to get on the, trying to find time, you know, when we, we got some downtime to play hockey back in Nashville. And, and just, you know, it's still like now Dirk is really a friend, but, Every now and then he'll text me. He'll say Dirk Bentley. He'll pop up, and I'm like, "This is so weird." I'm just like texting Dirk Bentley about hockey. Um, but uh, it's 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 just it's crazy to me to think it's like this industry that that you know you were a fan of, and now you, you know you're really texting them and just being dumb and being a smart aleck with them. <laughs> Let's talk about that tour right now. Dirk's just put out the record on Friday. You're out on the road with Brothers Osborne. I have to tell you, when they for, when I first heard about the tour and I saw the lineup, you, Dirk Bentley, and Brothers Osborne, the first thing in my head, based on what I know about everybody, is just that's going to be a lot of fun behind the scenes. Yeah, it, it really is. I'm not kidding. You know, I, I, we have fun all the tours going, and everyone, I honestly, every tour I've ever been on has been a great experience, but... um. You know, Dirks creates an incredible culture backstage. Dirks is such a fun guy and such a gentle guy, and uh, he really takes that on his tour. You know, the first day he, he told everyone we had like a meeting. He's like, I, I just want you to know that you know we take time away from our friends, our family, and this is your friends, this is your family. You know, this is your home when you're on the road. And so he makes it just such a fun environment. And Brothers Osborne, you know, we played a lot of shows with them before, and, and they, I mean, they live like a few streets away from me. In Nashville, so I hang out with them a lot in Nashville. So it's literally like being on the road with all your friends. And, yeah, backstage, we just, we, it's, we've been calling it Camp Bentley because it's really like we're on summer camp with all our buddies. <laughs> I dig it. I really like that video you guys put out at the beginning of the tour where, like, Dirks was, like, the shaman in the woods, too. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was very Dirks. That was, and, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. We just showed up for that thing, and, and it was this whole... I was like, oh, I guess, uh, I guess we have like a guru now, and it's it's like Dirk's twin brother, also identity. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it was, it was very Dirk's, and we did we had a good time with it. It definitely set a tone for uh, having fun out on the road.
Well, thanks so much for being here. Just to recap for those uh, that are going to join us mid-interview, we got Brandon Lancaster, lead singer of Lanco, LancoMusic.com. So let's talk about the record. Hallelujah Nights has been out for a little while now. It's got uh, the new single, Born to Love. It's got the smash hit, Greatest Love Story. And I feel that this record and the story of the record really starts when you met Jay Joyce at that Keith Urban concert. Am I right about that? Yeah, that was really, you know, that was kind of our, that was a big breaking moment for us. We, uh, you know, we were all working jobs, and, and, and I was working the night shift at Bridgestone Arena, which is the big arena in Nashville where all the concerts are at. And, yeah, I was working at Keith Urban concert. Jay was producing some of his stuff, and I really saw him walk by where I was working. I was working the register, the concession stand, and, and shut down my register and approached him and just started a conversation. And we just talked music and, you know, give me his number and, and <laughs> asked me to go play some music a few weeks later and I, I did that and he liked what he heard and started working with us and uh, he's, he's still our producer to this day. You know, Jay, I was a fan for people who don't know, Jay has produced Eric Church, Little Big Town, Carrie Underwood, um, Thomas Rhett. I mean, he's just all over the place and so to be able to work with him, you know, before we had a record deal, I mean, we were still working jobs and, and working on music with him so that was definitely a huge break for us. So how much did Jay influence the record? And the sound um, that you had already yeah, created. I think one thing about Jay is he's a phenomenal producer and he's very creative. But I think that his his biggest thing, which is really the role of a producer, is he's a facilitator. You know, he kind of that was the thing. You know, the first time we he had nothing to gain from working with us. As I mean, we weren't anything. We were essentially a bar band in Nashville. But um, Jay, as a producer, looks for what you have and what your sound is, and if he can track it, you know, if he can really bring the best out of you. So I think the biggest thing Jay brought was just letting us find what our sound was, and he really pushed us, like, you can do that better, you can make that cooler, you can play that, you know, let's let's use a different guitar, let's, you know, which Trip was playing the drums, and he was like, they just sound too much like normal drums, they sound like every other drum kit, let's do something different, and, you know, we put this little toy kit in the bathroom where it had this huge echo, and he started playing drums in there, and that was on, you know, that's on one of the songs on Record King of the Stars. There's like a big drum solo, and that's like a little toy drum kit in a bathroom. And so Jay is just a facilitator of creativity, and it really pushes you to be creative in the studio, which definitely had a big effect on our record. The record is, is very interesting, and there's a lot of different ebbs and flows to it. You guys are three singles in now, and there's a lot of difference between the first one, Long Live Tonight, the middle one, Greatest Love Story, and the new one, Born to Love You. Did you guys think about that? Is that how the strategy is working for releasing the singles, just a little bit of everything? Or tell me the, tell me the thought process behind this. You know, I, I, yeah, I totally get that. And I think that that's, uh, I first of all think that's a reflection of, of five millennials that are in their 20s making music, is that we have a lot of different influences. You know, we, we all met each other. We all clicked. Because everyone had different influences, but we our home base, we all love country music, and we knew we wanted to be in country music, and, and that was the... Everyone had different bands they listened to, but we could all come back to home base with country, so we could always, you know, have that influence. But then I think that when you've got five guys, five influences, you know, we don't have a... We don't... When we go in to make... When we've got a song and we go in to track it, we don't have... You know, we're not going to limit ourselves to what it should sound like. It's like whatever is filmed in the studio. I mean, you know, recording and making music is an emotional thing. And you just kind of let your emotions take over and, and, and just start creating. You know, it's being an artist, like being a painter. You just kind of go for the canvas. And the, I think that with the record, I think that we kind of, you know, for this first record, we wanted to explore all the different influences 
that we have, especially since it is your first record, you know, we kind of wanted to put a little taste on there of everything that we're capable of and everything that, that we like sonically. And, and, you know, even since then, I think that, you know, we've found more of our sound and you know, we're already right for our second record and you can tell what we've learned from that first record and, and the influences that are kind of sticking with us the most. But I don't know, you know, we don't, you know, we kind of just, when we get in the studio, we just go for it and, and you know, that can definitely do a lot of different sonic things happening. You gave me so much to talk about there, and we're almost out of time, man, so I'm looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Uh, I got two questions left. I guess the first one is, can you just describe uh, the song, the new single, Born to Love You, in your own words? Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, Born to Love You. Is, um, it's a song that I'm really proud of. I'm proud of that because one thing being on the road, you know, we used to be able to, you know, meet fans and talk to them, hang out. We still do that. We just meet groups and we'll hang out with fans after shows and stuff, but it, the biggest way that people all around the world get to know who we are is through the lyrics and through our music. And Born to Love You kind of paints this picture of where we all come from. We're all from different towns on the southeast, but um, but they're all pretty similar. You know, we were born to pretty similar circumstances, and, and a lot of people are born to similar circumstances to us, but kind of acknowledging despite the circumstances that you come from, if you ever find someone to go through life with, you find that no matter what you were born into, you find you were born to love them, and it kind of gives you purpose and meaning. And uh, so that, that's pretty much the, the what the, the song's purpose. And just to wrap things up, I know we're out of time. Uh, you're joining Dirk Bentley here in London, Ontario, for Trackside Music Festival in like 22 days. Uh, for those who have never experienced the band live, what are we looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing, you know, we obviously had our song Greatest Love Story, which is just, you know, a really cool anthemic love song, but, you know, we have a rocking set. It's it's a lot of energy. Um, we're moving around a lot, and uh, and and I, I usually find a way to jump into the crowd at some point in our set. Awesome! So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we bring a lot of energy to the stage. Looking forward to it, man. We'll see you in 22 days. Hopefully we'll have a chance to catch up and talk about the new music and all that other stuff, uh, but thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Looking forward to it. 22 days. You got it, man. Brandon, have a great afternoon.